previously on the Project Umbrella podcast. But I haven't a fucking clue. <laughs> what is fucking going on? Fucking hell, it's complicated. <laughs> oh, Operation Raccoon City? Fuck that. Mike! This is the Queen Zenobia! You know, when you play some you know, fancy game with like Barry and Yoshi jumping around on bullet <laughs> bills, I go, hold on, I've got to get out of this beast. There's one where she's literally just in her underwear. Yeah, she's yeah. in like a thong, maybe? You said something about some face on the mansion? Uh, yes, did you see it? Eh, no. Welcome to episode three of the Project Umbrella podcast, where our monitors know more about the other site's internal wranglings than they do, and where Jessica's sweet ass is beaten by a moderator's cinders. I'm oh, Nick. I can't get over that. It's just, <laughs> it's just weird, isn't it? I think by the time we get to the Christmas one, they'll get more and more uh, risque. Uh, risque. <laughs> anyway, I'm Nick, better known as Neptune, and joining me on the podcast this evening is Mr. Spencer. All right. The Batman. Hello. George Trevor. Good evening. Hello, everyone. And our special guest for this evening, it's Zombie Fred. Well-known Resident Evil fan. Regular community member over at The Horror is Alive. With over 1,700 posts. But only 44 posts on the Project Umbrella forums. Access to Capcom press events. From South London, it's Zombie Fred. How do you do? Income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll come prices at a straw. How do you do? Excellent. It's been a while. It has been a while. Right. Coming up on today's show, we're going to be looking at all the latest news since the last podcast. Um, and then we're going to have a long discussion on Operation Raccoon City. And it will finish off, of course, with Neptune and Newsies. Biohazard quiz. Can I just say we're a bit fit on the ground here. Uh, we're missing Newsbot, who presumably has caught the Irish potato famine <laughs> and won't be here this evening. Crack on with the news. First bit of news is Operation Raccoon City has debuted at number two in the UK charts, somewhat amazingly, only behind FIFA Street, which is bound to have sold about 50 million copies. I'm sure it's probably like 5,000 units in total now in the state of this software at uh, the shops for Raccoon City. Well, that's the highest it's going to get on the charts. <laughs> and it's, it's only going to be there for like a couple of days before people realise, oh, it's shit. Why did we get this? Why did we buy this crap? <laughs> Why can't I just play Socom? I just got a mod with zombie skins. Well, we'll discuss all this later. So that's just the news there. It's um, number one in America, though, isn't it? I think. Well, oh, they're, God, they're idiots, us. aren't they? They're idiots over there. Americans and their guns, boys. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, the other bit of news, obviously, we've had a lot of reviews. I know The Horrors Alive has put a nice uh, review roundup of all the scores. And it's quite interesting, really, isn't it? There's lots of contrasting scores ranging from 7 out of 10 for both the official Xbox and the official PlayStation magazine, going all the way down to the uh, 4 out of 10s. So... Uh, I don't know how much uh, the official magazine is paid by. Can I just point out here? Can I just point out the Metacritic score for Operation oh, yeah. Raccoon City is about 51, 52. Now that's quite bad, but think about this: Hayes. Imagine how bad Hayes is. That has a Metacritic score of 54, higher than Operation Raccoon City. Clearly, Captain Woods did a sacrifice to review so they could get the core duty sales. But there's no point in doing that. I'm going to touch upon this very briefly. There's no point in doing that because the reason why Call of Duty gamers buy Call of Duty and play it is not because it's a good game. It isn't. They buy it for the brand. They buy it because it's Call of Duty. Exactly. They're not, not going to buy you know, something that is like Call of Duty or maybe better than Call of Duty. They won't buy it because it doesn't say Call of Duty. It's a damn state of affairs with all these companies view it a different way. Oh, well... Looks like Capcom will learn their lesson financially. Oh, yes. Right, in other news, we've got a new trailer for Biohazard Chronicles HD has been released uh, with the game due out on June the 26th, 2012 in Japan, yet to be announced for the rest of the world. Now, that does interest me. I mean, I've played Umbrella Chronicles. I enjoyed it. I want to play it again. Uh, I have not played Dark Side Chronicles. And, you know, I like my light gun shooters. Yeah. Best time for you to jump in then, because hopefully the frame rate issue should be sorted. And I'm interested how good the move will be for playing this Chronicles in HD, because the Wii controller was quite, you know, it was quite... It works works for extraction. I have a copy of of Dead Space Extraction because I got the limited edition of Dead Space 2. And the move uh, works great with that one one tracking it's fun so i imagine it will be a similar story with the chronicles games dark side chronicles is far better than umbrella yeah, chronicles definitely. yeah well, but yeah but it doesn't have sergey though does it so oh, it's definitely got some of some of the finest tracks in the series though but I, it doesn't have sergey it the, should the have game, had sergey it should have had, yeah the gaming on dark side chronicles is better but i thought umbrella chronicles offered more as a package with having more storyline and you know you forget things even like the secret stage at the end of the game I was say, did any of you guys did that secret stage actually completed that secret stage at the end got to the really end and saw that weird capsule part can i just point something out here real quick operation raccoon city was gonna have sergey i mean capcom contacted him but he refused to be part of it <laughs> Yeah, that's his double ganger. That's his stunt man. He uh, had low times and had to uh, cash in. No, that's Nikolai you're on about there. You know how they gave him scars in Operation Raccoon City? Because scars are so cool, right? Kids love scars. 21st century, that is. Right, moving on, the Biohazard Mahara Desire, thankfully, is going to be professionally translated and released into 10 countries on the 8th of June, but not England, not America. So someone's going to have to translate from either... Uh... Well, that's retarded. It's the most spoken language in the world. You know, what are you going to do in Mandarin? Fair enough, but... Oh, well... I feel sorry for Paul there. Oh, at least he's got, got his uh, money running for that doing that. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Trans- yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah translations well we've got it's, it's coming it's being released uh, batman you told me this information it's coming out in brazil japan obviously uh, france germany italy spain poland taiwan hong kong thailand indonesia and vietnam do you think Capcom has a thing against the west considering all these weird fuck-ups they have done recently 
Well, I, I, I don't know, but the good news is, uh, Batman, you told me that the, the comic has been confirmed as canon on the website. We briefly touched upon this in the last podcast. Yeah, it's on the uh, Capcom Japan Biohazard portal, and there's a blog by the uh, the main illustrator on there, and he confirms that it's part of the main series. And this is going to be a prologue, effectively, for Biohazard 6. Uh, it's going to have some link to it, yeah, I think. My hope is it's going to link in with Damnation as well, because there are hints. I know very sad. We don't know until we see more of Damnation. Damnation's bound to be a link to Biohazard 6. That's probably why they've not shown anything of it yet. I'm sure it's probably the same collection how uh, Resident Evil Generation was with Resident Evil 5. Yeah, but it's really tedious though, wasn't it? It's just like one shot at the end with a tricell people picking up the jeep. Well, isn't Damnation set in an Eastern European war zone? Was there? That's, yeah, that's the clue, isn't it? I mean, the six episodes of Mahara Desire is already available in Japan, and then we've got seven episodes being released by the end of May, and then worldwide release from all the other countries is eight days later, so that's quite exciting. I don't know if it's easier to translate from French uh, German to English than it is from Japanese to English. Well, we whole, we've got a whole variation so we can take our pick, boys. Other news, Mission 1 of the Spec Ops downloadable content is available as of April the 10th. Any purchasers in uh, UK will notice there's a big sticker on it saying... Uh, See, they... I think that's hogwash because I, you know, they, they market it as being, oh, it's free DLC. It's not. It's a demo for the upcoming DLC. It's a free yeah, demo. I wonder how long that's already been made and they're just planning to wait for it to release once everyone's bought it. Well, the first is it a demo? Is that confirmed? It's the first mission. mission. So basically it's a teaser, isn't it? It's like, here's a teaser uh, for the rest of the DLC. It's, it's an advertisement, basically, to buy the rest of the DLC. Oh, really? Oh, I, no, that'd I, be kind that... of really annoying if they actually developed all that episodic lineup where they could have just focused on fixing bugs and that with Slant 6. Well, they are, that... aren't they? That's the other news. Is well, you think about the, the, the short development time that Operation Raccoon City has had. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long has it been? Like two weeks? <laughs> uh, final bit of news is that No Hope Left, uh, the Biohazard 6 portal, is back online as well. That concludes actual news. We can now move on to the rumour mill. For um, We have plenty of rumours come out. Bear in mind it is April the 1st, but we won't speculate on bullshit. We'll speculate on confirmed rumours, if you know what I mean. We have a announcement of a potential new game for Nintendo's new console, the Wii U. Apparently, Capcom are releasing a launch game called Biohazard Mercenaries BioOps. It's going to be a port of Mercenaries 3D. I'd imagine, yeah, I mean, that's... Imagine it's something about BioOps. It's odd, yeah. I'm, I'm not it's sure. It's just a fancy little quirky name, but really it's just a port of Mercenaries 3D. Come on, this is Capcom. This is Capcom. We, if there's, we, if we there's a new know. console, they will port it. Well, every time we do this, whenever they release a new game, we think, oh, it could be something new. It could be something new to the plot. But we, we never learn. We never learn. Next rumour that we have, apparently in the latest issue of Nintendo Power magazine, uh, Mr. Kawata has teased... Dick. Uh, <laughs> has teased that there is going to be downloadable content for Biohazard Revelations. Surprise, surprise. This is the guy that presumed that the Americans just won mindless violence. Was this the same guy? Uh, Yes, it was, actually. Yeah, he's the dick. (laughs) Yeah, there's going to apparently be downloadable content with Barry Burton included. Why do they always use Barry and Rebecca as, like, DLC characters? Because they've already made the character models, and if it's a quick buck, but Katka will certainly do it. Well, Barry's just going to make sort of a late entrance at the end, isn't he? Sort of on a, on a little cruise ship, just to pick the guys up at the end. 
Well, he's going to be on the cruise ship eating a sandwich, I assume. <laughs> now, why couldn't we make a game? You know what people, what, what people seem to do these days, right? They like to do, like, sort of... Um, actually, no, I'll start again. Operation Raccoon City is the best example, how it shows, like, two sides of the same fight, like the Spec Ops on one side, the Wolfpack people on the other. I was thinking, why not do the same thing for Revelations? You play as, you know, Jill, the BSEAA and all that shit. But on the other side of the coin, you play as the ooze. And you sort of stagger <laughs> around the ship. You sort of move about the ship, sort of knocking into things. And you got to try and get people, you know. And then you go into your day job uh, serving food. Because I, I, I went to that, didn't I, on the last John, 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 just because you missed out on talking about your beloved Queen Zenobia last time, doesn't mean you have to drag it into this one. Well, no, I've got to make up for last time. <laughs> Anyway, uh, other rumours going around are that, well, Biohazard 6, Steve Burnside. Uh, there's talk on Internet Movie Database that the voice actors from Dark Side Chronicles is back involved. I mean, take it with a pinch of salt. I don't know. There's certainly someone actually on the horizon. I've posted a picture of the creature that kind of chases around this Alex Wesker character. Does look a bit like Steve. Oh, this is where the crazy theories start to begin now. First, it was the blonde-haired girl. Now it's the creature is going to be Steve because of the hair. But we, is it again? No, I was just going to say, didn't Wesker take Steve home to play around with his body? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll just go with what I was saying because that's just weird. Um, <laughs> again, we don't learn. Every time we see a new blonde character, no. you know, like Ashley and Ori 4, we're like, oh, Sherry, he's got to be Sherry. <laughs> it's never, it's never this, and we never learn. We never learn, and Capcom keep doing it because they know we never learn. Yeah, it'll be a new character. And the final bit of tidbit is that the Cap Bomb magazine will have a new Biohazard 6 information coming out along with a 100-minute DVD containing a developer interview of the game. Something to look forward to. That's pretty good. I remember the Famitsu uh, interview. That was quite good back in the day, doing Resident Evil 5's development. And that concludes gaming news. Uh, any site news? Well, do we have any site news? What's been going on? We've had a few more um, site donations. I know Zombie Messiah kindly uh, donated to the site, so big thank you to you. I just want to say, uh, actually, I'll say it's now a big, you know, genuine thank you to all of those people who donated to the mm. site. Your donations, uh, you know, keep this place going. You really are. I mean, you, I mean, I've bought like three new games this week. <laughs> uh, you know, so maybe we should start, start a project. Keep, keep the funds coming in, and uh, I'll keep playing the games stay classy <laughs> no welsh has been working on the strange beast of the northern sea translation oh yes yeah george yeah. you helped with that didn't you strange yeah, beast of the northern sea sounds like pure self-insertion for welsh <laughs> he is a strange well, beast i had it down as phantom beast yeah we did some translations with resident evil center and um i also tied it up just the grammar from their english some of their english translations but we really only got as far as we did all the comic pages um which obviously just photoshopped the english translation over and i know welsh is uh, hitting it hard and i think he's doing the rest of the book Mm. But the reason this is interesting is because it was written by Flagship, wasn't it? Who were the main writers of the series up until Sigamura's death in 2005. Yeah. That... Well, from what I was aware, it was of the novels that we have. It's the only one that had that kind of authenticity over it. I think the other one is Rose. Is it To the Rose Blank? And um, Yeah, they're, another... they're just fan written books then. They're, yeah. they're bollocks. Because but... I think initially we kind of thought that this one was on the, on the same level as those ones. But no, you're right. It is Flagship. I'm guessing, though, any one type of mistake in it or an information that's been retconned then it's going to have to be considered non-canon yeah I, I would have thought have you seen the picture of the main guy though look he, he is Ark Thompson from Gun Survivor 
Yeah. <laughs> and the blonde girl is Sherry, obviously. Obviously. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I, I can't yeah, yeah. Billy Cohen. You thought the blonde girl was Billy Cohen? Yeah, well, I was kind of hoping for another, you know, transsexual, transgender character. Um, I, you know, Morpheus wasn't enough for me. Right, let's, let's, no, let's, let's, let's not talk about your, you know, personal sexual desires here. <laughs> was Morpheus actually transgender? Because did he grow his breasts pre or post-infection? Pre. No, it's pre. He had he had a yeah, he had a sex change, didn't he? He had a yeah. sex change going. Okay. But did he have his his knackers cut off? If you go onto our to the website and look, there's at a diagram, isn't there? There's oh, a diagram that Tim did. Yeah. What is it? What is it like a diagram uh, of his vasectomy? When yeah. His jaff is cut off. Right. Oh. And that does in fact conclude the news. So we now move on to Operation Raccoon City. Alpha leader, we're in position. Copy. Stand by. You guys must be the new Delta team. Report. Call me Four Eyes. At your service. My name is Bertha. Ready to play. Name's Bellway. Nice to meet you, Mr. Death. Call me Lupo. Delta team squad leader. Command. I've rendezvoused with Delta Team. Understood. Now find Birkin and secure those samples. Failure is not an option. You heard him. Let's move. We're entering the lab of Dr. William Birkin, an umbrella scientist attempting to sell classified samples of a weaponized virus strain to the U.S. government. You mean Umbrella's T-Virus? No. This is a new gene-altering compound Birkin's developed. It's significantly more powerful, and he's in possession of the only known samples. There's a detachment of Umbrella's biohazard countermeasure service on site who will likely try to protect him. They are unaware of this operation and are considered expendable. All right, we on the same team. We just uh, pick up the phone and call. The UBCS are just mercenaries. They can be bought. We can't assume their loyalty to the company. What's the objective? Intercept Birkin and secure the G-Virus. Don really begins. Right, okay. How did you guys enjoy playing Socom with the Resident Evil skin? <laughs> I don't know. I've never played Socom, so I can't comment you on never that. played Socom? No. This is why perhaps my views on the game are a bit more lenient than others. Uh, no names mentioned, George Trevor. Um... I have never ever. Oh, yes, I was going to tidy up some nice. You just, you just see the hate coming from that man. <laughs> you know, I've seen less hate coming from Israel and Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never played a shooter. Like in the that, family because I told you my son absolutely loves it when he should have been playing Lego Batman. Yes. That game. Yes, or Lego Indiana Jones. <laughs> the Lego Batman is good. I've never played Socom. Is, is it really exactly the same? Really, almost, yeah. Well, Socom Four, yes. Because Socom 4 was more like fucking Call of Duty because they decided to go, you know, what Capcom are doing now. They were like, hey, maybe we should market Socom, you know, away from sort of, you know, the tactical shooter crowd and more towards the, you know, third person shooter Call of Duty audience. The thing then that gets me is, I mean, I, I haven't played those games before, is why some of, the, I mean, most of the frustrations that I actually had, and, and it's why they I, I really did become so frustrated is I couldn't sort of get on my high horse about canon issues and, you know, inconsistencies with um, Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 3. It was just basic, you know, issues with frame rates, with the AI. You know, if you're not playing this multiplayer, I mean, it's just a joke. So that was what was frustrating for me. You know, they've obviously done this before and it's just basic schoolboy errors. 
I mean, I can't imagine like paying 35 quid for a game that to me feels incomplete. It feels like half a game and you're paying full retail price for it. I've also noticed that Operation Raccoon City tends to be a couple of pounds more expensive than other new releases. I've noticed that on Amazon, on Shop2.net. Like, uh, for example, Downpour will be about, I don't know, £34, yet Operation Raccoon City will be like 36 37 I'd really like to know how the QA went with this game doing its development. Clearly, they must have had little children playing this game. <laughs> what QA? What exactly. QA? They must have had children or some crazy old people, deaf, blind, armless playing this. Because clearly, this game is not in a workable state. I was just going to say, initially, there were question marks over the canon, but they don't even have that as an excuse because this lame suggestion that this is a, a reimagining, a, a what if. Uh, well, put that to one side and you're still left with a game with, like I said before, appalling, atrocious schoolboy errors. I mean, for example, I, I don't know if we want to go into this much detail yet, but the fight with the initial fight with Birkin when he's building that, that um, chain bar. Um, I mean, me and Nick discussed this. Just, just that you hit, get hit once and it's game over. You, you don't even have the ability to escape from that. Now, that's something that surely just could have been eradicated with one simple playthrough. It's yeah, it should be. I, I died so many times on that Birkin fight. If you don't get a, um, when you get knocked down, if you don't get a perfect shot onto his eye as yeah. you're getting up. You are down, bam, dead. That's not due to sort of our inefficiencies as no, game players. That's just poor, lazy, bad So program. basically what you're saying is that, you know, if we... Let's just take the fact that it's, you know, Resident Evil or the canon and story stuff aside. You know, let's just move that to one side and look at it from a more sort of objective viewpoint. Exactly. That it's just, you know, a video game. You know, just put it like, you know, this is a video game. Let's just say it's called, you know, Zombie Socom, right? Video game, new release, new IP called Zombie Socom. We play it and what do you think about it? You'd go, that's terrible. Well, let's try and dissect everything. So we'll start with the characters, I think. If we could work our way through it that way, uh, through, through the discussion of the game. What did everyone think of the characters that were involved? Uh, well, I actually like the characters of the Spec Ops. The first trailer that we got, or certainly the first ones that I saw, were, where Leon's being chased through the streets. I was hopeful for this game, and they seemed like interesting characters and a, you know, a take that we hadn't seen before. So initially, I, I was quite happy with what I was seeing. Can I just say another thing here? This is the same problem that I noticed with Mass Effect 3, is the fact that I think what they've done is they've spent more time money and effort on the marketing and the trailers as opposed to the game itself so that when the trailers come out it's like oh it looks amazing it's probably you know also it's all in the selling you know it's all in how the packaging it's like say you buy a ready meal you know it might be shit but the packaging makes it look nice you know it's it's all great oh it's all shiny you know like packaging that's what games are now it all goes into marketing all goes into trailers all goes into packaging but like mass effect you know the game itself was just so underwhelming but they made it look as though it was the second coming you know i think the biggest disappointment i thought i was really looking forward to about operation racket city was the whole see it through umbrella's perspective but all at the end it was all down to stereotypical characters i mean you've got mm. you've you got your mr heavy you've got the blonde tar you got the mr futuristic matrix man it was really disappointing to actually see the final stages where they ain't really got much personality and it's all down to you know I'd agree with that, definitely. Um, that way's pretty awesome, though. There's just cheap shots as well, isn't it? Like Vector being trained by Hunk, and it's never really elaborated we'll on make the game. Millions. They put these in as facts, but with no sort of conviction behind them. Yeah. There was no, no 
weight behind him. It's just like, oh yeah, he did this. It's like fan fiction. It's like, oh yeah, uh, Batman could shit diamonds. Where's your evidence? Where, what? Where's his? Batman can do that? anything. Yes, I can. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but it's like, you know what I mean? It's sort of like there's no sort of weight behind. It. There's no sort of evidence there to support it. It's just like forced in there, shoehorned in. It's like, hey, let's associate this character with a popular character, so that the awesomeness of the popular character will rub off onto the shitty character and make him look cool. I love how they featured some movie universe elements into the game, especially oh. with Nemesis. Oh, oh fuck. But it's like they give you all these character biographies for the, the USS Wolfpack team, but it's just, it's not followed up in the game. Like the uh, the leader, Lupo, they say, oh, they call her Wolf Mother because she looks after a team and, you know, they're all dead protective of her, but that's not conveyed in the game at all. Well, she clearly does it in single player with her AI. Fucking hell, she, I'd rather call her Chicken is it actually that's a good point because I'm only I'm playing it through Bertha because I'm sure I read somewhere that she's a what's, character. Captain what's Pace. her voice like? Because she sounds like she's got like throat cancer. Oh, oh, oh. If, if you resurrect one of your characters playing on campaign, she says something like Bertha will always save you. Something like that. I, I actually facepalmed when I heard Bertha just go, "Name is Bertha, ready to play," and I was like, oh. <laughs> Is there actually any difference, though, playing through it? I mean, do they all have special abilities or anything? There's little kind of class-based styles and probably a few different lines, and that's it, really, to be fair. I wouldn't be surprised if they really, you know, invested some time in making each character really unique against each other. So you mentioned, I've not completed the game, but John mentions various um, things and insights that are then not alluded to. For example, I, you know, I noticed Hunk mentioned, is it to Vector, nice to see you again. But the actual game doesn't allow for anything to be alluded to because it's just simply so one-dimensional. It's just consistent, you know, gunfire, looking for more ammo, taking out the enemies. Um, it's, it's you not, know, there's, a, it's, there's it's, another game. There's another game that's like that. It's called Call of Duty. You know, I think the best thing to say, this game really, doing its very, wasn't really aimed or catered to the long fans. It was more catered to the casual crowd, like, just pay attention. Here's your five-minute story. Just play the game. Have fun. There's a lot of inconsistencies or stuff you thought, you know, if they really catered or cared. Yeah, exactly. You thought they would actually care more about or actually what's the, if they wanted to bring things out. If they wanted to bring more action to the game, I mean, as you know, the elusive man knows, Mass Effect. I mean, that's, that's a game, you know, I was very much into survival horror, slow-paced thinking games. I've picked up Mass Effect. There's extreme action. It's all about guns. It's all about weaponry. But there's a whole story behind that. You know, it's, it's not just one-dimensional, constant battle, you know, without thinking through any tactics or, you know, without developing any characters. And, you know, they could have been that title there. You know, obviously, Operation Raccoon City isn't that. And... If Capcom wants to bring more action into it and this more on going on about the market just not having the patience or the intellect to cope with puzzles, well then, you know, bring out a game that's like Mass Effect. Um, obviously, uh, at present, they haven't had the wit to do that. Well, my, I think one of my disappointing factors is, as we've already mentioned, is the lack of storyline. And when you complete a level or a mission, the kind of ending video, so to speak, is just like mission complete. And then you get a little a kind of like Paul Anderson style 3D pop up of the city going, your next mission is at the hospital. And then it just kicks on. And you're like, Has seen the end credits? Does he come up as a consultant on this game? So I wouldn't be surprised if he does. Oh, don't tell me he does. That'd be terrible. <laughs> well, moving on to the kind of enemy section. I mean, as with the inserted evil campaign, we learnt about the Nemesis beta parasite. And then obviously the game kind of got released and we were looking at the Nemesis and how he has effectively turned into the movie Nemesis. Matt Addison, I believe his name is in the movie. I guess my knowledge coming out. It was interesting, wasn't it? The Nemesis beta parasite. You thought, yeah, it's a nice 
extension on the Nemesis program, the Alpha Parasite and whatever. But then when it comes down to the game, it's just a little nudge to Resident Evil 4, isn't it? I think Kawata even admitted that. It's more of a homage to Resident Evil 4, the way it sort of cuts the head off and, you know, you have these zombies running around with, like, a tentacle thing sticking out of the head. I'm not a big fan of these games, but the saving grace for me at the moment is actually the inclusion of zombies. I find fighting the Spec Ops to be pretty dull and repetitive. The zombies, I feel anyway, save the game from being so mediocre. I like the fact that when you're fighting the Spec Ops and suddenly a horde of zombies come in, they're easy to kill, for sure, but... I think that's probably the most interesting visual aspect of that actually gameplay formula is the whole zombies. You have to, you know, really be careful, keep your wits to yourself. Otherwise, you'll just become, you know, zombie beat. Yeah, and I like the fact that you have these antiviral sprays and you've got to keep an eye on that as well. I like the zombie shield. I was playing last night with Project Omega. Apologies, Project Omega, for my appalling gameplay. Uh, But suddenly out of the blue, he just grabbed a zombie and, you know, used him as a human shield. Uh, I like that. I haven't done that yet. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, you can definitely do that. He, he went up, which I thought was just for a personal attack, and he kind of grabbed him and then just walked forward. And, like I say, literally used him as a, a zombie shield. I like what Beltway does. He shoves a grenade in the mouth and then pushes him away and they blow up. That's classy. Yeah. That kind of reminded me a little bit of Remake when you, um, you know, the, the battery packs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can stuff one in their mouth and then shoot, explode it with, with a bullet. You cop- see, Chris and Jill were trying to pull that, but Beltway wrote the rule book on it. <laughs> I've just done where I'm up to, the uh, the end boss of Mission 2, which is the onslaught of liquors. Mm. My son was telling me about the liquors, as he's got further in the game than I have. How old oh. is your son? How old is your son? Well, he, he, he's 10 and he shouldn't be playing the game. Oh. I thought he was playing Lego Batman and I'd oh. left him. You know oh. what? That brings Not back memories to our childhood being introduced to the series. Yeah. yeah. No, but think of the way his son has been introduced to the series via that. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, the real, that's the real crime right there. <laughs> Give him a copy of Ori 2 and I'll always forgive him. Just try and repair the damage. It's might be too late yeah yeah well that's the thing i wasn't going to allow him to play resident evil for some years but like you say now that he's um discovered it via that absolute turd um i almost feel like i've, I've got a you know humane duty to show him the other games now why don't you go backwards from the worst ones to the better ones so next you could give him gaiden or something and then okay so yeah survivor 2 yeah gradually Whatever build you do, george make what sure you get pillows just in case what did your son think about uh operation raccoon city well, he really liked it, and you know he's well, not. There's a, a target audience. That he's a graphic fascist. You know, if something's not up to date, you know, he won't pass it any attention. So I was quite surprised that, that he enjoyed it. I sent Nick the uh, MP3 of his little yeah, review. It's, so it's, I, I actually grounded him for two days, but said that you know if he made it a bit educational and wrote up a review for the PU podcast, then I'd only ground him for a day. It's going to well, be that was pretty smart. Yeah, that's pretty smart. Yeah, that's good parenting. That good is, educational lesson. Good. As well, yeah. good lessons. Which he it's like, hey, do. don't, don't worry, don't worry if you just shot that man dead. Just wrap a review of how he felt, and I'll, you can get away with it. <laughs> and explain the morality of doing it. Mm. What mm. other creatures are there? I mean, we've got zombies, got the sp- criminals, hunters. Dogs. There is dogs. Little parasite Metroid things that latch on your head. Parasites. The hunters were a good challenge in this uh, game. I thought, if you're not too careful. But they don't react to gunfire. That's the annoying thing. Mm. Neither do the lickers. Neither do you, Batman. Neither do you. Now, can I just say, for this sort of game, I noticed, and again, I haven't completed it, that there seemed to be a lack of various weapons. There didn't seem to be a particularly, you know, array of different types. Yeah, that's what I was actually wondering as well, because it's quite surprising, given the developer's background, you know, with SOCOM, the whole military shooter genre, where they yeah. had lots of weapons. You DLC. Would... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's like you can only use a pistol and an assault rifle. What's the classic shotgun well, DLC? 
is that the case? Because I presume that was simply down to the fact that I'd only played. There know, is a lot of DLC actually. I've seen a lot of DLC. Of, you never know. You've got to collect them all. I've seen a lot of DLC from different places that are you know new weapons in the game. So presumably there you go. I mean, but before we continue though, I think at the moment we're being too negative. I think we need to provide some balance. I mean, okay, this is no, this isn't Fox enough. News, so play, play be... the review of a ten-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> well, I spoke to Smiley actually, and he thinks that as a you know a you look at it for what it is, you know, a harmless you know mess around with friends. It's quite fun. That's the point. I mean, as I said, uh, I've never ever played anything remotely resembling this type of game before, and I have to say it was uh, I find it okay. I, I you know it, as a spin-off, it's perfectly enjoyable. It has its glitches, but I can get past it. And uh, you know, it's no, it's certainly no worse than some other Resident Evil spin-offs. But, but, but again, I mean, it's a bit of harmless fun with mm. friends, you know. But then again, you might as well play Left for Dead, which is, in my but, opinion, uh, superior. Maybe, but you I know, think the actually, o- one good benefit to say is how they actually gave Raccoon City a bit more character. They added a bit more to it than usual. I thought that was a nice thing to that have. That is a very good point because, but it's not fir- Raccoon City. No, well, hold on, John. For the first time ever, I think in playing a, a raccoon city game i feel that it's actually the whole city's over overrun with zombies because oh, i thought you were going to say you found a toilet <laughs> no no ah <laughs> uh, pipe dreams are good <laughs> no for the obviously because the fact it's on the playstation and xbox as well but you can get so many zombies on screen it's the first time you feel that you know the population of raccoon city is a hundred thousand people and and in Outbreak, you get, like, what, maybe 10? Maybe that's because of the benefit of being a third-person shooter, that kind of uh, perspective, especially taking the use of today's technologies, they're able to e- implement that sense of, you know, scale compared yeah, to the previous yeah, titles, definitely. where it was all more isolation, they've got to try to keep it horror. This one, it was full-blown chaos, which was quite a good advantage, really, given the genre. So at least that's one perk to add to it. I would I'd agree. I, I, I thought it felt actually like Raccoon City was fucked. Uh, we're talking about locations, actually. Uh, we're talking about the building structures and um, probably a good opportunity to talk about Birkin's Lab or the Hive. Oh, fucking hell. Because oh. <laughs> I mean, you don't actually get to see it, do you? There's that ridiculous sort of mechanic where you're meant to, you know, the hunt goes in first and you're left at, you know, on, on the other side of the door. Um, so I don't know, was that just they simply couldn't even be bothered to show you what it looked like? Wait a minute. How many, in Ori 2, how many guards, how many USS people went into Birkin's lab? There was more than two. No, there was, there was just only, two. Yeah, John's right. There's only two that went to actually retrieve the sample. The rest was waiting in the sewers. That, has that been consistent throughout the... No, not in Operation Raccoon City. It was a bit different. Oh, so wait, so basically, what they t- tried to make it fit. Here's what I think, right? They tried to make it fit into the canon, but they realised they fucked up on the research majorly by, you know, going to the Ori Wikia, which is a very reputable source of information. And when they realised they fucked up, Capcom were like, "Hey, hang on a minute, you can't say this is canon because you know we've got all these discrepancies here and these inconsistencies." You go, "Oh, uh." We're making a what-if scenario. <laughs> That's what we'll do you. We can always accept it as a parallel universe. The same for the films. But we won't tell the fans. We have to find out for themselves. That's what I said in the last podcast. If they come out from the beginning and just said, this is our take on it, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. I think that anger, certainly. I, I, I'd have been, all, been all right. That's, that's fair enough. You've been honest with me, yeah. Exactly. But I like the way you have to infiltrate the hive and go <laughs> through all these levels past all these UBCS guards and whatnot, and then you've got... One of Hunk's mates is just handily waiting outside Birkin's mm. lab for you. How did he get there? I know. Magic. DLC mission. DLC mission. <laughs> you play that guy on his way to the lab. The most unanswered question received, how did that guy get there? Now you can play it at only four ninety nine. Which is the same level, you just go through it backwards. <laughs> for ten minutes. It's, it's all mirrored. The environment's are mirrored. 
Now, I haven't got to the P15B warehouse. What's that like? It's a shithole. It's a typical umbrella lab where it looks like a warehouse and it's just got a ridiculously large underground lab that's about eight miles deep. Another one? Yeah. Why? Why not? It's umbrella. they got a fetish for the stuff. Is that an April Fool's? Is this whole game an April Fool's, right? It doesn't really exist, right? The whole game. <laughs> I thought it was meant to be the dead factory, but it's not. It's actually another facility called the P15B. Well, you know what that links into, yeah. don't you? Them fucking up again with the cannon. No, no. Trying that... to backpedal. Well, in Resident Evil Confidential Report. Uh, oh, yeah. Like it is shit. There's, there's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> Next, he's going to promote his bloody report that he wrote. He's going to like, you know, you could read about this in my article I did. Uh, you could find it on this link. Well, another thing they produce in this warehouse is uh, the official Resident Evil Monopoly game. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, we could quickly move on to the DLC, the future DLC, uh, and we do finally get to see the Tyrant versus Spec Ops fight, which I know it's not canon, but that's quite a nice touch that she decided to bring that in. Well, it's not really accurate, though, is it? Because the Spec Ops were all wiped out before they could use the uh, the, the railgun, right? I don't think that's ever... I'd say that was open up for interpretation, really, to be fair. Well, didn't Newsbot mention something like this? Well, yeah, Carrie Moore more or less confirmed it in his interview that the Spec well, Ops did... never got to activate the rail cannon. Ah. That's more canon, obviously, than the... But it's nice that they're actually doing that because we've all we're, we're theoried about it obviously. oh slant six <laughs> <laughs> it's actually real capcom's fault really because they've actually had had the producers and everything supervising this game what the hell were they doing not a lot obviously <laughs> <laughs> what did everyone actually think of the graphics in particular it's not too bad just average what you expect for a modern shooter i guess i, I don't know how does it actually compare to a similar game of that nature. Well, if there's one thing I will give them credit for, I thought the artwork was uh, nice to actually see in the game. It did have that grittiness that, you know, the city's dead. The city was alive once, but not anymore. Mm. So yeah, it's definitely got some good artwork in that, but I would say that's probably more to Capcom's credit, because I do believe they stated that they did have lend some of their art assets and stuff to the towards the game for uh, Slant 6. I mean, the, st- the outside streets, you know, with the the cars on fire and the you know the blood everywhere that looked all right but some of the interior levels looked a bit bland yeah i also noticed that when you do in your fighting a big group sometimes the zombies are quite blurred when they're close to you did anyone else notice that no i think that that might be more of a probably a bug or glitch you know with how probably the engine loads all the enemies because there's so many enemies at once so mm. it's probably just a bug I have encountered that a few times though myself a quick question george actually i'm sorry for bringing this up but uh if it is all of you, if I um, if you send me that copy of ORC, yeah, no, yeah, I got it from uh, the Batman. I um, mean, like like you said, we'll hand it around like a dirty yeah, bag, a dirty magazine. <laughs> <laughs> the boys will hand it around. I'm a little bit embarrassed to have it, so uh, yeah, with Batman's permission, I might, I might send it on. But uh, yeah, just make sure your mum doesn't find it. Hand it under your covers. <laughs> Just slip it inside oh. a porn mag to avoid the embarrassment that you've got. <laughs> 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 it's 
It's like, hey, what's that you got in there? It's a porn mag, it's a porn mag. <laughs> it's not... It's not oh, I see, I promise. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not playing Operation Raccoon, so... <laughs> it's sort of like broken voice. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be one of those Indiana Jones with the big paradox uh, box opens and we all just melt. <laughs> no, that's called the Ark of the Covenant. Get it right. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't pay much attention to those. It's been years. Shut. What other glitches has people found? There's one that clones your character. So that makes like five of your character appear right next to you. Clones. Oh, really? Yeah. So you could, you, could do, you could do like a, um, a, a dance musical. Oh, I think my favourite one was just when you shoot all the standard enemy soldiers. And he just keeps running, running at you. Not doing anything. He just keeps running. He's like, where the hell is he running? I've had two. The only one, I think Smiley mentions it as well. Uh, on the opening episode, you about you need to go into one room before you fight Birkin. Uh, and then three of the characters just will not move. And I don't know no, what I found that whole fight with Birkin was I mean, wasn't just poor development programming. It was that I mean, most of it appeared to be a glitch. The fact that when you're hit, you don't move sufficiently far away from him to be able to avoid any subsequent hits. So um yeah, that I mean that that, that was pretty major glitch. I've, I've had right. zombies um, randomly appearing as well. Uh, I'm just gonna oh. check on my array of pizzas. Yep, go on. <laughs> <laughs> What about the soundtrack? What did everyone think of the soundtrack, the music? Yeah, some good amb- ambience. Something you expect for Resident Evil title, I guess. It had a couple of remix tracks from Resident Evil 3 as well, didn't it, I think? Oh, did it? I was going to ask, because I, I didn't really notice too much of it, and I, I was actually wondering whether we were going to match up any um, scenes from RE2, RE3 with, you know, some of the, um, you know, more famous tracks. Oh, don't, so give them the, don't, give that, don't give them that much credit. <laughs> yeah, I guess there were five minutes or so in there. <laughs> but th- this is this is I think this is the overall thing because we 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 said we didn't give them credit for doing enough research, but they've obviously done some research to do learn about stuff like the Nemesis Parasite, uh, the, the the fight that they're going to have with the Nemesis and the in the Dead Factory, not sorry, the Tyrants in the Dead Factory, and maybe even the remix music as well. And yet they had the opportunity to actually make something that fitted in with the canon if they really wanted to. Yeah, so here's a good question for how the game was released, consider it stated that there was so much, you know, with all the DLC that coming, how would you prefer? Do you reckon it would have been better if it was an episodic release where it was a lot cheaper and they every episode of the release they responded to the feedback and tried to fix things as it were. Would you prefer that method or the crazy like the, state as it is? I like I mean, the hard copy on a disc. I do like to ha- own a disc. I don't like downloads generally. I, I imagine it would have been better off if, if it was in the cooker for a little bit longer. Yeah. Or they did a lot more QA or I don't well, know. Do, do I say, give You're right to... there. Yeah. I mean, they do need to be on a bit longer. Wait, what? You're talking about the game? <laughs> I think the things that threw people is obviously they never came out and said it was non-canon, which is what they should have done right at the very start. Because by playing the game, it's obvious it was never meant to be canon. There's no possible yeah. way it can fit. And secondly, I think what threw a lot of people, including me, was the detail they put into the inserted evil they did, yeah. campaign. Because some of them files, I mean, there's some mistakes in a few of them, but a lot of them are really good, really detailed, and you just thought, well, if the market material's like this, you know, what the in-game content going to be? They clearly focus more on the marketing, especially with the CGI trailer being based on the popular graphics companies. Clearly, they focus more on the resources in that than the game itself, which yeah. is kind of sad. But if they'd released a demo, perhaps, like, just before Christmas, maybe the opening episode or something, maybe up to East, meet Birkin, you'd know straight away, as Batman said, that it's not supposed to be canon. I was just going to ask, Softcom players would know this. I mean, how much were we onto a loser from 
the fact that this was given to Slant 6 in the first place? I mean, is it just a question of this game should really have been given to a more competent third-party developer if Capcom, you know... Would, would, like Zipper? Well, I think uh, the benefit was... Bust, I think so. Yeah, yeah, they're shutting down. That is tragic. Sure tragic. Yes, rest in peace, uh, Zipper Interactive. So come to a good days. Anyhow, I will say, I think it was more about uh, development cost. I reckon they were free, to, you know, it would have been cheap to make this game. Um, I know that um, Blue Castle Games actually gave a reference to the games company because they actually uh, they're linked to each other in some ways. I think more staff knows other staff. And I think there was just three at the time. And considering Catcom wanted to get, you know, the... Call of Duty sales, and they saw they were a, a military shooter company. They thought that would be the perfect fit. But it just goes to show, hopefully, Catcom, if this game bombs, I'm sure it's going to bomb. Can I, can I just say, what, sorry to interrupt you, Gareth, but what kind of world do we live in where Zipper Interactive gets shut down, you're a talented developer, whereas talentless hacks like Slant 6 are still alive and well and still selling us shit? That'll be a. Um... Uh, the third party and first party uh, unfortunate scenario, especially with uh, development costs compared to previous generation. But it, do- it doesn't bode well. There's been two games outsourced by Capcom now. At the end of the day, I think from this, Capcom should take you know a big lesson from this and saying... Well, what... they won't. They won't. You know why they won't? Because they did it last time. They did it last time, right? Well, they did clearly, it with, uh, the Bionic Commando, Bionic Commando, yeah, yeah. Commando, right, and Dark Void, which were two new, you know, old franchises, but, you know, revived, right? They outsourced both of them to Western developers, you know, I think Grin did Bionic Commando, and um, I don't know who did Dark Void, Bionic but Commando, I don't Bionic Commando, Rearms was amazing. Rearms was good, but uh, the 3D remake was, was awful, right? And you think, okay, well, Capcom said we're going to learn from that. We're going to, you know, focus on doing it themselves rather than outsourcing it. So what they do, they take two of their biggest franchises, Devil May Cry and Resident Evil, their flagship series, and they outsource two games in those series to Western developers. So I they have not learned. They will say, never the more, learn. Uh, what I was going to say, the more I think, the less it is, is you can't rely on your most valuable IPs to expect people will go blindly to buy anything from it. Clearly, the sales and expectations and the bad record, you know, fan response and critical response hopefully will make Capcom think twice next time. Well, that's the thing. It's all well and good IGN or GameSpot giving it four out of ten, but what are the actual sales going to be? Because... Um... I reckon the sales aren't going to be high. In Europe and Japan, I don't think it's going to be high, but I don't know about America with their tastes. But Revelations hasn't sold particularly well. But yeah, that's which is, is unfortunate. That I thought Revelations was probably the most best thing to come out of the series oh, in a long time. Fantastic. The atmosphere, everything yeah. about it was the same quality as you expect from Remake of Resident Evil 2. That was absolutely perfect. I absolutely agree with that. It's just a shame where they thought, you know what, let's try it, you know, get the Call of Duty sales, forget about you know, the fan base that helped make the series a success as it is. And, uh, you know, we get this, this piece of shit. They could, might as well just hired a, f- a few people and made a bloody uh, source mod from Left 4 Dead. It would have been better. Play Left 4 Dead, you know, there's more modifications you can do until the PC version comes out. And it's just a better game because, uh, you know, Gabe Newell.
Fate keeps bleeding. He's going to attract the entire neighborhood. Quiet. Okay, and, and now we're going to look at some call-ins that we've had. Um, thank you to everyone that has. Um, the first one comes from... Well, actually, no, I'll let George introduce this one. Thank you. Well, we, we had to search far and wide for some positive remarks on Operation Racking City. Uh, the first chap who did put a positive spin on the game has unfortunately been institutionalised. And um, the second person we've managed to find in a primary school. It's my <laughs> son, George Trevor Jr. Let's have a listen. I really like Operation Raccoon City. It's a really fun game. I love all the characters, especially Vector. The objectives are fun but challenging, and the graphics are awesome. <laughs> oh, bless. You sound younger than your own son, George. <laughs> <laughs> well, his mother, his mother was a Geordie, so, um, yeah. Crossbreeded. <laughs> we have to query your parenting for giving an 18-year-old rated game. It's 8, no, 15. Wait a minute. It's 18. It's 18. And he told me he was playing Lego Batman, so... Was playing Lego Batman. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lovely call in there from our one of our younger listeners. So he raises a good point, Jacob. The graphics are quite good on, on Operation Raccoon City. Yeah, I think I was a little harsh on it in my rant that I posted at PU. It is a little too dark and dreary, I find it. It took me ages. I tell you what, in the office room of the City Hall, it took me ages to find the E5. Um, yes, the, the last pitch one. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, we, that's exactly the trouble we, we were having this afternoon. Can I just ask the data pads that you collect? These aren't files, are they? Are these just bonuses? Yeah, there's no files in the game, unfortunately. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, I got a little excited when I, I presumed there weren't any files, and then I started finding these, you know, these data pads around. I got excited when I could pick up and get bonus XP points for the typewriter. There's three. There's three typewriters in the game. Oh, right, OK. I found the Well, it one. seems like, it almost sounds like what you're describing it, it sounds like they just put things in that are iconic, just so that, like, some people go, oh, it's a typewriter. That's iconic to the series, but it doesn't really do anything. It reminded me a bit of... Um, uh, Outbreak yeah, but the nostalgia is not enough to sell a game. Yeah, but as I say, it reminds me of Outbreak File too. When you get the, you, you're in the police station, and there's the um, the chest where you, obviously you're trying you to sell a in. game based on nostalgia. One thing I did actually grow to like, and I almost felt like a hypocrite disliking it at first, was the almost non-reaction of the hunters and the lickers to the gunfire. But then I was thinking back to sort of previous concerns I've had with Resident Evil games where these bows that are meant to be, you know, the pinnacle of biological warfare, and they can just go down so easily. I mean, the tyrants, as we all know, are pretty useless. So, you know, I, I, I almost felt, well, actually, this is how these the hunters should react. You know, they should take an enormous amount of gunfire before they even react to it, if, you know, to kind of, you know, prove the point that they are successful bows. But, um, yeah. It would be nice if they actually reacted to getting hit, though. Yeah. <laughs> it, let's be honest, even Ganado's reacted if they got shot in the leg and that kind of thing. And did you find that the hunters sometimes are just, just literally just used to run around you, not even bothering, you know, almost as if they didn't even realise you were there? A lot of reviewers picked up on that. Yeah. How many Easter eggs did you find? I've not found any yet. I haven't completed the game. I haven't got that far. There's some nice ones dotted around. In City Hall, there's, uh, there's some portraits of Arthur Ashford, the ginger-haired one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah some portraits of him in some of the offices and in the hospital on the magazine rack 
There's a, a book called Stairway to the Sun, A History of the Progenitor Virus. See, those I've, things like that are nice, aren't they? And it just makes you think, oh, my God, what, you know, if they can get that, if they can do that. Well, it's meaningless. It's just in there to lure people like you in and thinking, <laughs> oh, it's some kind of cool file. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a lie. It's a deception <laughs> to lure you in. It's nothing. It worked. It does work, yeah. It's like, hey, there's a book here that says uh, Project of the Sun. You open it, the pages are empty. <laughs> I just think if Wesker went for a checkup in the general hospital and he saw that magazine on the rack, RE5 need never have happened. We can add it to the uh, land of Birch for canon. George, expand upon the person that went insane after promoting... Well, yeah, I... Um, the game. Uh, is it Matteo 10? Is that the chap's name? I mean, doesn't um... that sort of add to our, you know, side of the argument that the game is shit? We had somebody promoted the game, so it was good, and look where he ended up he's nuts he's got he's you know what yeah. I'm saying I mean the sheer weight of criticism against it literally turned the poor chap completely mad and the other person that liked it is now bankrupt because he <laughs> invested in their uh Slant six stock. Exactly. Yeah. Well, for people that don't know what we're talking about, let's have a listen to uh, that call. In this one comes oddly from Mr. Spencer, unsmiley and eternal. He gets everywhere, that Mr. Spencer. Yeah. Let's have a listen. I'm Mr. Smiley, joined by the lovely and eternal. Uh, and I'm uh, Mr. Spencer. I'm just here. As for me, I'd like to give a quick shout out to the guy at Capcom Unity or whoever it was that signed my revelations copy. Thank you guys. Never really thought you would actually do it, but. What do you know? Miracles can happen. So we're talking about Operation Raccoon City because I feel like a lot of people are kind of harsh on the game right now. And some people have good reasons, but I feel like it needs the other side. It needs an opposing view to kind of let you know where it also stands as far as what the game's off. Some balance is what it needs is what you're saying. Well, somewhat. I mean, <laughs> it's like balancing a penny to a roll of quarters right now. There's a lot of people slamming this game and I don't think a couple people who were entertained by it are going to make much of a dent, but I've been hearing a lot that they're doing well globally in its first uh, week or two, so we'll see where it picks up from there. So what you're saying, while it's is that, you know, not necessarily a great game or a good game, it's not, you know, the worst game I've made. Depends on who uh, who's saying that. I, I was entertained by it, but my expectations were reasonable. So if you go in with low expectations, you won't be disappointed, more or less. Uh, not low expectations, reasonable, I said. I never said my expectations were low, I said they were reasonable. If you go in and you're expecting a multiplayer game, with a, then that's the sort of thing you'll experience. I mean, they didn't market it as anything different. Well, help, actually, right, help me understand here, right? I mean, you, uh, you know, you like this game as a multiplayer experience. You know, it is what it is, right? And so that's fair enough. But why should I play Operation Raccoon City when I can get a much better co-op experience with Left 4 Dead? Okay, well, you've already played through the first two Left 4 Dead games, right? And I still play through them. They're still fun. You can download maps, you can download mods, There's, you can play through all sorts. Like the other day, uh, I was playing with friends on a Silent Hill map, like in a Silent Hill campaign, with four friends from The Horrors Alive, and it was great fun. So, you're talking you about a modded map, or are these official maps? Uh, there's these are things ones, there's a few official ones. Okay. I mean, you could do all that, but you can't do it with Operation Raccoon City, we well, not until the PC version. PC version comes out, and they start modding some maps on the PC version, but either way, if you're looking for a different experience, because that's like saying, why would I 
I want to play Silent Hill Downpour when I got Silent Hill 2 and 3. I mean, you get a lot of fun out of those games. There's a lot of replay value. But if you're looking for a new experience and you're still a fan of some like horror genre, then you'd like to check out something new. But this isn't a horror game by any means. This is using horror elements, but it's more of an action well, experience. Well, let's take this down a different direction here, actually. Um, you're someone who dislikes the movies, right? Right. Yet Operation Raccoon City borrows a lot of elements more, you know, more from the movies uh, than the actual game series. Well, so, we borrow some stylization, but we don't have like super-powered people dodging through lasers. Yeah. Let's, well, yes, let's yes, but we, we have we have uh, we have people hitting liquors in the face, really. Melee it's liquors. interesting you bring it up because let's just take a few steps back. Four was the one that started the original trend of referencing the movies. Umbrella Chronicles added the Red Queen and the laser hallway again. Five has just a lot of action in that too, including stabbing liquors in the heart and Operation Raccoon City continues down the action trend, but the only difference between that and Resident Evil 4 and 5 is this game has always been, from the beginning, an action game. Well, okay, okay, fair enough, okay, but let's let's look at it from another direction, another angle, right? What about looking at the game from a purely technical perspective? That's where I would agree with those people that have negative comments, and this is something that's happening more with the game industry lately than ever. Um, sure, Slant 6 has gotten a lot of flack for the SOCOM games, too, and in Operation Raccoon City, yes, there's a lot of bugs. When Annette Janelle and I played a co-op campaign, very first mission, we encountered a game-breaking bug, right? Yes, uh, we couldn't get into the door to start the chase sequence, the Birkin, and we ended up having to kill ourselves repeatedly through the wall of steam. Because he had to progress, Birkin had to progress times. to the next area for us to go through the door, and he wouldn't move, he was locked in place, and no matter how much uh, we shot at him, he wouldn't budge or do anything, and basically killed ourselves twice before it loaded up, and he moved on and we progressed. And there's a few other other instances, but that was the worst offender, in my opinion, and that was only that one occurrence. I mean, there has been a few bugs, but none that have caused us to have to stop ourselves and restart. I think what, I think what uh, you know, a lot of the criticism come from fans in particular uh, stems from the fact that, you know, it's a Resident Evil game, and therefore, you know, there's probably the canon or the story or anything like that, and that's fair enough. That's just a difference of opinion, but I think what they should think about is, you know, forget about it being a Resident Evil game. Let's just think of it as, you know, a video game, a product Product and how it performs technically, you know, any bugs or glitches or problems or how the gameplay feels, you know, it's gameplay's, you know, the crux of it really. And I've heard that gameplay is very shallow. Compared to the recently released Mass Effect 3, which also featured multiplayer, the multiplayer between Operation Raccoon City and Mass Effect 3 is fairly technically similar. It has some good features though. Let's talk about uh, some of them. Uh, the the basic features that it that most multiplayer games have. Like like, let's say capture the flag. But in this case, they tie it into Resident Evil. And that's really what it sells on is the fact that people are aware it's a Resident Evil game. I mean, we can't just take Resident Evil out of the picture. This is partially part of the Resident Evil saga. And what it is, is it's a spinoff. It's non-canon. So you can look at it like Gaiden, for instance. Different gameplay all around. But because it has those Resident Evil roots, uh, newcomers, either way, won't care. They're going to get a four-player co-op action game. Fans are the ones that are going to pick up the little tidbits, like, 
capture the flag, only it's done with G-virus samples. You're collecting G-virus samples and taking them to a, uh, to your own little side. And those are where the fun really, really kind of relish. When you're playing Heroes mode, newcomers aren't going to care what character they play as. Fans are going to try to jump for their favorites, like Ada Wan, Nikolai, Jill Valentine, Punk, any of them. Mm, but uh, I just want to make it clear now, whilst we're at this juncture, that uh, I haven't played Operation Raccoon City, so any opinion that I may have is 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 invalid at this point. It's so, more like I'm trying to tell you why you should pick up a copy, and I'm sure you will eventually, but you're into Left 4 Dead, and Left 4 Dead's a good game. I played it, I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. That's, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, like you said, you, you try to try and convince me, you know, to invest money in buying this game. You know, right. You, and if you, you're let's just say you're Slant 6. You're Slant 6, sell me the game, you know? Okay. Capcom gave us the rights to make our own Resident Evil game. We're working with what we know best, and we're going to implement that into Resident Evil. Now, it's I don't know who's been saying that it's part of the story, but it's not. It's our own spinoff. It's our own canon. We're even allowing you to change it. And well, it's going to be uh, action-packed, so if you're expecting a survival horror game, don't expect that. I don't know what his name is, but I'm pretty sure he said at one point that it fits into the canon. We've had marketing people and people that worked in Capcom give false information on some of the previous Resident Evil games. Uh, if you're going to worry I'm... about the action trend, you should worry about Resident Evil 6 because we've had a Capcom producer on Revelations and a head of marketing in the UK both say they're trying to appeal to the Call of Duty fans and trying to get those numbers, and it needs to go in that action direction. What separates 6 from Operation Raccoon City is that Operation Raccoon City is its own spinoff made by a different team doing what they do best, and 6 well, they is don't do it by... best. They don't do it best because... Well, Six is made by Capcom, and that's their main series. That's the core of their series. It's not a spinoff. It's a numbered sequel, and they want to go that direction. You have to start somewhere, and then you have to work from that. Now, obviously, there's going to be bugs in Operation Raccoon City, too. I'm guessing that Slant 6 has a lot to work out and sort through in that department, but making a game is not an easy task, and they probably didn't have the same resources that Capcom did. Now, that does that excuse the game from having bugs? No, but it does kind of point in a direction that if they did have the proper resources, if they did have the number of people working on it, and with Capcom giving them these rights, I mean, you gotta think, what did Capcom see in them to make them want this kind of product? If they wanted to just make another action game, they're already doing that with Six, what did they want out of this group? I think they got what they wanted, which was that they had a spinoff that attracted a lot of action gamers, and it just happened to be another Resident Evil title. They want to attract the Western market, because they think that's where most of the profit will be, what better way than to get a development team from the West to work on a title like this? But you can see where I'm coming from, though, right? I mean, it's like if 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 I have like why why should I bother paying full retail price for you know a game you know where I could get a much better experience playing Left 4 Dead? Well, you also have to remember that a lot of the enemy designs out of Resident Evil also inspired the enemy designs in uh, Left 4 Dead. That's true. With uh, Operation Raccoon City, you are actually getting the proper enemies so you're getting to fight hunters zombies crimson heads and what all that sort you? of stuff who i'd rather see developing a title like that i'd rather an external team handle something like operation raccoon city because capcom's view of action is the four mechanics which they reused in five let's talk about the campaign for a second because we've talked about the multiplayer modes i mean the g viral samples are my favorites the hero modes are great just as well there's the biohazard ones there's all of the little 
election votes. But the campaign is what a lot of people are really disappointed on because, for one thing, the time length for a main campaign is very short. How uh, how many hours did we beat the campaign the first run through? And that you know? Uh, I think it only took like a couple hours. Just like what, three, four? I think like two and a half or three or something. Well, yeah, it was like basically if we factored into it about yeah. Probably not much. I mean, I thought it was a little bit longer, though. So would you say that the game has a lot of replay value? Not a campaign. Uh, Even with the two endings... You can just go back to the last chapter and play the play again just to get the second ending like we did. Uh, yeah. I will say, though, that even though the campaign is short, I did find it sweet. Short but sweet. I don't know. A lot of – I mean, I I look at the game and I see gameplay and I can't help but think, you know, this this product here, this, there's not enough game here to warrant the £35 asking price. Well, I mean, you're games are expecting a lot of Resident Evil characters that are well-known to the fans and even the newcomers will get a sense of what they are. You got monsters like Birkin that you're running through. You got Nemesis. You got the tyrant Mr. X. You got the... But the, the whole wolf pack feel like they're just forced in You also human characters that you fight like Nikolai and Leon and Ada even. So you've got these segments that are just fun though because you're just interacting with And that it was nice to see enemies like the Crimson Heads or see Nikolai the bastard again. Mm-hmm. And it says a lot when he's so wh- got... Hold on, it says a lot when he's got those zombies all planned out for an ambush and he's sticking like explosives in their mouths and he's rigging them up to just set up the wolf pack he is a true bastard in this game and leon despite being a good guy leon is a hard boss to fight you just gotta play raccoon city spencer you just gotta play it i'll play it i'll either rent it or i will probably get it when it's under under 10 pounds because games are expensive over here and don't get me started yeah pointless here the fact is you gotta play it play it with people don't play with ai because Every multiplayer game that has some kind of AI partner has failed fancy gamers. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what I'll do, right? I'll wait until there's a price drop at some point, right? And I'll pick it up for the PlayStation, and I'll play it with you guys. How's that sound? Sounds good. Well, I don't want to keep up everybody at the podcast so we can go through like some final comments do you have anything to say i'm not a fan of uh shooters but i found operation raccoon city despite the bugs to be fun oh uh, yeah what i was going to mention was um in regards to operation raccoon city you yourself have a personal stock rather in in well if you're promoting it, I have to provide some, you know, political balance here. Well, well who's promoting what here? I don't know what you're talking about. We're just saying play the game yeah. and see for yourself. Exactly. Well, you, well, actually, no, Smiley, because you've got to got an ulterior motive for promoting this game. Uh, I mean, for those listening, oh. this man actually bought. No, we're, we're going to talk about this. You bought uh, pretty much bulk stock of Operation Raccoon City, right? <sighs> Okay, for those that don't understand what we're talking about, I had in, yeah, yeah, keep in mind, this was back when the 15th year anniversary trailer came out. They hadn't even promoted Resident Evil 6 or even talked about an actual legit release. So, naturally, I'm taking, like, I inherited some money, and I wanted to make a big investment here. And I was really banking on Operation Raccoon City. But you gotta understand, Revelations and Operation Raccoon City were the big titles coming out this year. One was for the 3DS, which at the time wasn't selling that well, and they overpriced Revelations to $50 initially. I just thought that I stood my chances with Operation Raccoon City because it was four-player co-op, it was on a PS3 and 360, and I thought it'd be at least a couple years before before another Resident Evil game came out on the consoles. So how was I supposed to know that? But why didn't you do any sort of thought, you know, put any thought into this? Why did you 
do no research. I mean, you look at Slide 6 as a company, yet you still bought, I don't know, how many, I mean, obviously you bought in bulk, I don't know where you got the, I mean, I don't know where you got the capital for it all from, but uh, you, you, put the, you put this investment in, yet how many copies do you have of this game? Right? Okay, I put like over a couple, like at least a thousand, maybe a little bit more than that, so I've got... Where have you got so many copies from? How have you... <sighs> I, help me understand. So you've got boxes surrounding you right now, full of copies of this game or something. Just, I mean, if you think about it, like I really thought we had something here. I thought that a lot of the fans would be joining in and really. Well, you, well, you didn't. Going on, you, it's like Thea and completely slamming it and giving the bad word of mouth. And yeah, globally it's doing fine. But the problem is everybody's buying them from like GameStop and all those other places where Call of Duty and other games are sold. Okay. I just have. I'm like trying to reach out to the Resident Evil fans, and nobody. Well, what, what could you possibly offer like people to buy it? You know, have you done any promotion of this? Have you advertised that you're selling these games? I made a mistake. So how many copies did he actually buy, John? Did he tell you? Well, basically, um, I don't have an exact figure, but he bought in bulk. I'll say that much. He <laughs> bought a lot. Uh, they were delivered in like big cardboard boxes. He says he says he's got these cardboard boxes full of the games in uh, his room. We need to hook him up with Matteo 10 because he'll certainly take a few copies off his hands. Well, it's ridiculous. He said that he can, you know, he can barely sort of move around because there's so many boxes in there, and he has to be careful where how he moves because he might tip them over because the stack. I mean, I've only got one copy of the game, and I can't even give it away for free. <laughs> like slotted into the collection and just gathered dust. Well, the way he looked at it was like uh, he thought, you know, Revelations didn't sell well in America. And this was before we knew about Ori 6 being announced. And he thought that, hey, maybe, you know, we get this game this year. Uh, there's not going to be another Resident Evil game for the rest of the year. So he thought, you know, it'd be a good idea to sort of, sort of invest in this because it might get a lot of interest. Goes back to Raccoon City. And, of course, Ori 6 got announced and the game reviewed poorly. And, you know, the rest is history, really. So was his plan to just... As they buy in bulk and then flog on eBay. Yeah, he was going to be an eBay reseller. He was going to buy in bulk and resell them to okay. people where you know interest was high. But obviously, because of the poor reviews and Ori 6 being announced, interest is quite low in them. Now, see, I heard something today that depressed me quite quite immensely, that the sales have been very, very good for Operation Raccoon City. They always were, though, weren't they? It's Resident Evil, back to Raccoon City, Umbrella Zombies. People are going to buy it no matter how shit it was. It's the same tactic Paul Anderson uses. But True. there's someone out there who's, who's pretty much pissed away. I don't know why. I'll use that better word here. So sort of used up uh, his inheritance to make a, a crazy investment that has not paid off. That's the first time I've bought a new game in a hell of a long time. It's just for the podcast, really, so I knew what I was talking about. So I just had an image of Del Boy with his little yellow reliant Robin with... <laughs> you know, we just packed full of copies of Operation Raccoon City. We're just flogging them at, at the market. <laughs> the suitcase at the back yeah. of the van. Come on then, ladies and gentlemen, get your Operation Raccoon City here. <laughs> what I need you to do is to get this suitcase and sell this crap down the market. We have, gentlemen, had another call in. Uh, this one is from uh, the Horror is Alive member Dark Moon. So let's have a listen to that one. Hello, boys and girls. This is Dark Moon, also known as John. J-O-N. No H. There is no H in John. You are silly people to use it. Anyway, I wanted to know if you guys thought if there's anything positive that can be taken away from Hawk. Other than, you know, there probably won't be another one. I'm so sad. But did Slant 6 actually manage to include any decent ideas in the whole process? Anything that should be included in a future game? 
pretty obvious that as the series continues we're going to get more and more multiplayer stuff and if there's one thing that this game has it's multiplayer not good multiplayer glitchy multiplayer where you occasionally fall through the floor as I understand it but multiplayer all the same especially if they're busy trying to get hold of the uh, call of modern battlefields crowd who do love their multiplayer flying out of jets shooting them down with missile launchers and stuff like that alright I think that's enough from me given that my voice sounds silly and I hate having to listen to playing it back so goodbye have fun and remember I probably know where you sleep oh yes What's he on about saying you don't spell John with an H? Yes, I don't know. I mean, you do. Is he Jonathan, do you think? He's Jonathan, yeah. He's wrong, is what he is. <laughs> Oak. No, you're not doing it the way he speaks. The way he does it, he, he does this kind of like, uh, yes, what do you think about uh, Orc? <laughs> he has that kind of Orc. Orc. Like, he's like a Bill Bailey type of guy. Orc. Anyway, Dark Moon's asked us of what positives can we draw from the game, and we have we've briefly touched upon. Uh, we did like the graphics. Some of the flaws are perhaps a bit more forgiven. My personal anguish to the game is the fact that it is still a missed opportunity. But well, is it a missed opportunity? Yes, because we're thinking that oh, Capcom went in with the you know the goal of creating you know what we wanted them to create, which was like a you know an authentic, realistic sort of you know proper thing. But what if their goal was just to make a quick cash in? In which case, it is not a missed opportunity. True. They've hit but it bang on the head. That's the positive we can draw. Well done. Well, I think they've proved that a squad-based shooter in set in Raccoon City could work if it was handled by the right people. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I see it as a missed opportunity from the point of view that I never, I don't play Call of Duty. I'm not a particular fan of those games. I wouldn't have expected to have enjoyed that type of game. But as John says, you know, a squad-based game in Raccoon City. But as I play Operation Raccoon City, I can feel myself, you know, hankering for a good quality version of this game, and I would enjoy it because, you know, at the end of the day, I can go on and on about survival horror and the slow pace of remake but in that sort of environment you know in zombie infested raccoon city it is going to be fast paced uh, it is going to be intense and so yeah I, from that point of view i do think it's a missed opportunity you know capcom are going through an experimental stage right now and they don't know what to do with the series now they've lost a lot of their talent in the late 90s early 2000s and they're not sure what to do with biohazard now they could either well they're kind of going through two directions here uh they're going for more sort of survival horror with like revelations and then they're going for more action with operation raccoon city and they're sort of weighing them up and seeing you know which has got the greater interest which gets the more greater returns and it appears what i can tell anyway that operation raccoon city while not a critical success is more importantly a commercial success they're not they're not going to listen to a bunch of hardcore nuts that we are no we really love revelation i mean seriously right do you think no if someone at capcom obviously they care what the fans say right but are they really going to think okay well let's say for example i'm the head of capcom right i'm looking at my figures i don't look at the fan base or anything like that I don't go to forums all i look at are figures projections and numbers Right. Well, let's say, for example, I've got a thousand people on one hand who want this kind of game and they'll pay you know, for the nose for it. And they love like survival horror and the old school stuff. And that's fine. That's fine. OK, we've got a thousand there. On the other hand, I've got a hundred thousand who prefer to have action sort of things in Resident Evil and like to have shooting and all that stuff. And I also know that there's another group of people who like Call of Duty, which is a huge proportion of you know what I consider to be untapped potential that I've got to tap into so I think right well, well fuck that a thousand you know the needs are the many so I'm sorry guys but 
No, he, he, can't, he can't blame them. Okay, and we've had one more call from uh, Vito, who, if you remember, called in last time as well. So let's take a listen to this one. This game has a lot of problems, being the story or the gameplay itself. The amount of glitches is insane. Did they actually have testers play this shit? One funny glitch that I want to mention happened to me this week when I was playing with Ikari from Biohaze, which by the way is a very good player I might had. We were on mission uh, 5 I believe, in the part when you fight um, two T103s. The glitch began when the first tyrant uh, dropped down when you are trying to enter a safe house. And he just stayed there. We couldn't move, he didn't move, the camera couldn't be moved, and he was just there, chilling like a boss. We had to exit the game, of course, because apparently Slant 6 couldn't implement a fucking option to restart from the previous fucking checkpoint. Another thing I want to say, it's it's really apparent they wanted this game to fit, fit in the canon, but failed. They failed very hard. The parts with Nikolai, minus the whole exploring the hospital issue, and Ada's part could have not fit. In my opinion, um, correct me if I'm wrong, of course, and I actually enjoyed those parts. They were nice cameos, but the rest of the campaign is embarrassing, to say the least. Really, really embarrassing. I'm really surprised they managed to retain the look of the RPD, though. And that tag writer was a nice, a very nice touch. I really like that. All that being said, the multiplayer is fun when it decides to work and doesn't freeze. My god, that's annoying. I once was um, in a Heroes mode match and my teammates were wiped out in the first five minutes of the match. Maybe three minutes. And I had to survive over ten minutes when my... Meanwhile, my other teammates were wiping out their remaining heroes. When the timer was running out, only uh, Jill and I remained. I was Nikolai. And the fucking game froze. I, I almost broke the disc in half for that. <sighs> oh well. As I said in my previous recording, I hope uh, Nikolai gets some new fans. So they kept on trying to put him in a new Resident game. And I hope it's a canon game this time, please. I know Mr. Spencer will agree with me here. Well, guys, hasta luego. Mine's a dull answer. I just I would have made it absolutely identical to the events of Resident Evil 2 and 3. I think I would have focused on hunting down Ada rather than Leon and Claire. I stand by my original idea, which was to have it be a VR simulation. That would work, <laughs> that would work. Which would have made more sense than what we got. It'd be interesting to take it from Wesker's point of view, because obviously there's always that suggestion that he was, you know, that he had to work in the background, mm. uh, you know, during those events. But he didn't have an active role in Raccoon City. He was more like a sort of, a, you know, voice behind the earpiece, really. Yeah, but I think, you know, with Ada working for the rival company, I thought it would have made more sense for them to be hunting down her, because she's obviously behind the scenes a lot, so it wouldn't have affected Resident Evil 2 too much. And it would it would have been nice to fight some RPD officers rather than spec ops all the time. I mean, isn't the whole point of it just to be like, fight the RPD, I guess? You know, kill that cop? Well, yeah, kill any survivors, but you don't meet any survivors in the entire game. Mm. Apart from Leon and Claire. There would be police officers left alive at that point, surely. Well, yeah, I quite like that trailer where it shows them hunting them to... Oh, Leon down, that was brilliant, yeah. 
not Leon, them, them two riot yeah, those, cops. I've reached the conclusion that games nowadays tend to put more money into you know marketing and yeah. trailers and making something look good as opposed to making a game, a good yeah. game. So they, as long as they sell it, they make it look good. They say, oh, that looks good, I'll buy that. So you buy it based on what you see in the trailers. And it could be shit. I've got... Oh, fuck. Time, <laughs> oven, pizza. <laughs> 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 so funny. Oh, no. <laughs> what the? <laughs> Fucking kitchen is on fire. There's just smoke coming from the oven. I can't breathe. Oh. It'd have been a lot easier just if you cook something fresh. Has anyone got any other points they'd like to raise about Operation Rackings? Just... What's the multiplayer like? I haven't played it, actually. What's, what's everyone... George, you've said you've played it with Project Omega. What, how... Yes, I, I completely embarrassed myself with um, Mr. Omega. And, um... I'm sorry, did I fuck something up here? Oh, no, 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 no. Because no. I just fucked my oven. No. Oh, pizza's hotter than the sun. <laughs> it's frustrating because you can almost feel a good game trying to get out. It, it is enjoyable to put yourself in Raccoon City... But the glitches, the poor gameplay, I mean, the Birkin fight was just uh, one big frustration. And, you know, I'm not a particular fan of Resident Evil 5, but, you know, I'd much rather play that online. I noticed Chimera was playing that online the other night, and I almost, you know, was far more tempted to turn off Operation Mac and City and stick Resident Evil 5 in. Yeah, has no one else played it online? No, I'll, I'll try and complete it first. I had a quick go on it today, but I was very poor. Uh, I tried to go uh, a friend's place, and unfortunately I was a bad you know, really crap network. I don't know if it's if that was the game or not, but we just couldn't really get into a game. The I heroes think. mode seems a bit of a con because when you play as Leon or Jill or whoever, you're essentially just the same character as the Spec Ops and the USS, just in a different skin, literally. Oh, really? Is yeah. it that actually put anything? They have no uniqueness to them whatsoever. I mean, that's just so lazy, isn't it? There are other modes. Is it capture the flag? Yeah, actually, you, have, but... you have to capture the G-Virus samples or something. Oh, that was it. Yeah. G-Virus. So, guys, from all your impressions of that, if you could summarise Operation Raccoon City in one sentence, what would you guys say? Expanding on that, we'll give it a score as well out of 10, what everyone thought of it out of 10. Batman! Uh... Nice try. Should have been much, much better. Five out of ten. Okay. Uh, George Trevor? Three out of ten. It put me in a very bad mood, and um, I had an argument with a neighbour of mine today, and I actually put it down. I actually said to him, it, it, um, I wouldn't be in this mood if it hadn't been for this appalling... The <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. <laughs> Operation City ruins my day. Zombie Fred? I appreciate the journey. It has been fun, but not again. <laughs> uh, four out of ten. And finally, Mr. Spencer. I don't know how to play it, but his pictures are nice. <laughs> oh dear. I would say, if anyone's interested, I would say fun, but ultimately £15 or $20 game. Too repetitive for my liking, and I'll be generous, but I, I feel it's a fair 6 out of 10 from my point of view. Ooh, I know very generous, very it, is, generous. it is generous, but until something really annoying happens glitch-wise, it's getting a 6 in my book. And that concludes our discussion on Operation Record City. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. Um, what we're going to quickly move on to now... I, feel like, I just feel like I have to take a shower after that. <laughs> <laughs> You're so dirty. <laughs> we're just going to have a quick chat before we move on to the quiz about the comments made by... Oh, Batman, you're going to have to help me here. What was his name? Who? No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stopped listening now. So, the, the history of survival <laughs> history of survival horror guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, Koata, yeah. Koata. Yeah, a very brief discussion on what everyone thought about that. And Dick. 
<laughs> but does he have a point? I suppose is the question. You well, no, ask. he doesn't have a point. He doesn't. This is the dick, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think as Operation Raccoon City and hopefully the cells for said game will be testament to the fact that he's severely underestimated the wit, sophistication, intelligence of the common American. I think uh, just a pure coincidence. I was playing Silent Hill Homecoming, and there's a proper good puzzle, and I've never done a puzzle. And for a moment, I've forgotten how rewarding completing a puzzle is. It was something so some silly item or something. But it was a really hard. Um, it wasn't difficult, but a, a wiring up a box or something in the back of a museum, and you had to get it in the right order. It's really starting to wind me up. But the reward you got for actually finally completing it and working out why it worked it the way it did. Uh, it was something that we severely been missing, um, as of probably Resident Evil 4, really, hasn't it? Because there was never any puzzles in that. So there is that aspect. I don't understand. Why can't they just... If the survival horror market isn't big enough, then why not well, just lessen the I budget think... and stop making it such a big game? I was going to say, I think Dead Space has been a good factor to show you don't need to sacrifice some elements of survival horror to make a good survival horror game, even given its isolated linear structure. I thought Dead Space is probably the most, one of the best things to come out of the genre recently. Or look at Amnesia Dark Descent. That's got a big following on PC, and that's done very well with the sequel coming. So it's clearly a market for survival horror still. Very true. I don't know that game. Is it good? Uh, it'll, it'll shit yourself. Okay. Play, play at night time with lights off, surround sound, headphones, and uh, make sure you have the doors locked. This is <laughs> this is like listening to Michael Caine. It's like, you know, <laughs> make sure you have the doors locked. You know, blow the bloody <laughs> doors off. So we're, we're discrediting everything Koata said. What about even from a business point of view? Do we think he's wrong? Well, thinking of the business side of you, look at a game like Dark Souls. Now, that is a very hardcore game. You know, the difficulty of that is... It's a really game that you're going to die a lot. And that's a series that's made, you know, Dark Souls made over 1.5 billion units in its first month or first few months. And that game is still selling well. And that's got a big community. And that's only going to get bigger. So there's always a market for everything. Even the music genre that's died after a while, that's going to come back. Look at fighting games. Look how when uh, Capcom rebought Street Fighter 4, look how huge it's gotten. There's always a market for anything. It's just a matter of really bringing the quality and the word of mouth, and you're fine. So, right, and on that note, we'll move on to Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. Five questions, three participants, and one topic. It's Neptune and Newsy's Biohazard Quiz. You may be aware you did very, very well on the last podcast. Yes, John, you scored an impressive four out of five. But you haven't got really to hold your hand this week. Let me uh, recap the scores. Batman, you are currently on 12 points. Uh, Mr. Spencer, you are on seven. George Trevor, you are on six. Now, Delicious. Delicious, exactly. Now, uh, what I've decided to do is keep a track of all our special guest scores as well. And then at the end of um, presumably December, when our uh, podcast's well, accumulate, so to speak, there can be an award for the, the highest scoring uh, guest podcaster. So Ridley is actually also on four points as well for bringing in four points for uh, Mr. Spencer. Yeah, him. He cheated. So uh, Zombie Fred, 
you can have a go at the uh, at the quiz and see. Oh, God help me! And see how well you get on, and you could join on the uh, on the score list, a bit like Top Gear, I suppose. With Reasonable price car. Exactly. So, Zombie Fred, do you know the rules? Uh, can you please go through the rules for me? That's fine. I'll ask five questions. You must. You should probably write them down. Um, a consonant, please, Neptune. <laughs> consonant. So five questions, uh, and then we'll then go through the answers, ask the questions again, and we'll you know compare answers, and then we'll uh, see how, how everyone's done. And um, the reason why Batman and that have got more points is because they keep the scores going throughout the uh, throughout the podcasts. Unfortunately, Newsbot's not here this week, so it is just Neptune's bio has a quiz for everyone well, to play along. Well, he's suffering. Well, he says here he's got like aches and pains, a shortness of breath, he's cold all over. That's the symptoms for social ineptitude there and shyness. Um, right, desktop's clear. Let's crack on with question number one. This is a question courtesy from Ridley. What is the name of Barry's wife? Who's this to me? There's everyone. You just keep quiet, but you just write it down, the answers. Don't say anything. Barry's wife. Is it Kathy? Oh, for Christ's sake. We go through the answers after I finished all five questions. Thanks, oh, Gaz. Excellent. Anything for you guys? <laughs> because I'm not sure about that, because you don't find out the name of his wife through any files in the game. The epilogue, it was Evil 3, I believe. Well, there's that photograph, isn't there? No, well, there's that, that epilogue file yeah. of him holding yeah. two, daughters two daughters and his daughters. wife in the background. Right, question number two. Uh, <laughs> what viral marketing scheme is the Project Umbrella news jingle from? You guys take these questions. Viral marketing scheme. Yep. Like a... Like a, um, <laughs> yes, like a yes, like a viral marketing scheme. What's, what jingle was it? The Project Umbrella jingle? It, the news jingle. Okay, moving on. Question number three. What is the name of the bartender of Jay's Bar? I'm afraid, George, that is an outbreak question. No, it's okay. Just a little clue for everyone. Uh, there's no second name, so we're just looking for the first name here. Okay, so everyone can put down an answer for that, and we'll move on to question number four. Uh, this is a revelations question. The Montpellier University discovered the Abyss virus at 9,000 metres in the Kermadact Trench. What expedition number was this discovery made? You dick. <laughs> you son of a... Oh. Everyone got an answer? Yep. Good stuff. Question number five. It's a timeline question. Tomorrow is the 2nd of April, 2012. But what timeline event happens on the 2nd of April, 1998? Now, even the Batman is going to struggle with this, I surely. Does anyone want a clue? Yes, please. I need a yes, please from everyone. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, ten, please. Ten years before... April 88. No, no. What happens on the 2nd of April 1998 in the Resident Evil timeline? I can give you all a clue if everyone wants one. Do we all want a clue? I do. I ain't going to get this. I know the answer. (laughs) Oh, no way! (laughs) He's cock-blocked us. I have kissed a girl, I promise. (laughs) (laughs) Here we kissed a girl, son. Okay, no clue. (laughs) So that concludes the quiz. Join us after... That bastard. (laughs) Fuck. A bastard. We can have a guess then. That concludes the quiz, so we'll go through the answers. Join us after this. Where's the little girl? Claire! Take Sherry! Get out of here! Leon, no! Bring that Birkin girl over here. We'll take our time with this cop. Go! (laughs) Don't hurt him! All right, we're coming. Hurry it up. Why are you doing this? 
For Umbrella? Money? <coughs> What's in it for you, huh? And welcome back to the Project Umbrella podcast quiz. Jesus. And we'll run through the answers. So, question number one was, what was the name of Barry's wife? What did you put, Zombie Fred? I put Kathy. <laughs> really? <laughs> Who wanted the guest? George Trevor, what did you put? I wasn't looking at the kids' paper next to me, but I put Kathy. <laughs> you cheated, son of a bitch. Mr. Spencer, what did you put? Uh, I put Kathy. You put Kathy. <laughs> And the Batman, what did you put? Just out of nowhere, I got the name Kathy in my head. It's <laughs> funny, that, isn't it? I just popped my head up. Well done, points for all there. <laughs> Thank you, Jazz. You're welcome, guys. Anyone for the team? Question number two was what viral marketing scheme is the Project Umbrella scheme. podcast? That's a bit of what's, what do you mean, a scheme. Campaign. Campaign, is what yeah. Is the Project Umbrella news jingle from now? Bear in mind, the news jingle only made its debut in the last podcast. George Trevor. Is it the Terragrasia report? Oh, I know what it is. Is that what you're going with? Terragrasia report? Uh, yeah, that's uh, the music that kicks in just before the, you know, um, the Terragrasia report. Um, the female journalist. Uh, zombie Fred? I put none. Because I will never get that in a million years. Mr Spencer, what did you put? I put the uh, the war on horror thing for Mercenaries 3D. Okay. Batman? Uh, is it related to Resident Evil? The jingle? Yeah. Oh, yep. No idea. Points for Mr Spencer! Absolutely awesome! I just oh, started that. thinking about it, like, what is the news jingle? <gasps> news! It is the War on Horror from Mercenaries 3D. Very well done, Mr. Sp- <clears throat> Very good. And, uh, wow, and Batman didn't get an answer right. Oh, good. There you go. Sorry for that noise, but <laughs> I, I, I just got an answer right that Batman didn't. I thought it was the hot pizza. <laughs> That's beyond hot, mate. That's hotter than the sun. <laughs> You've used that one. <laughs> using it again. It was that good. Question number three was what was what was the name of the bartender of Jay's Bar? Batman. Will. Okay. Uh, zombie Fred. Nothing. Nothing. Mr. Spencer. I put Will. Put Will. And uh, George Trevor. I didn't put anything, and I'm going to question Mr. Spencer there. I think you should ask Mr. Spencer his next question first. Are you calling shenanigans? I'm not to call calling shenanigans bra. exactly, but I'm suggesting that. Um, how do you well, know Batman? Just, just got all three of them right so far. You get suspicious because I'm, I'm I'm intelligent now. We should be intelligent. Yeah, I was just going to say suddenly out of the blue, this miraculous um, knowledge of Resident Evil. I'm not <laughs> suggesting. That, I'm not suggesting that you're. Oh, so Funny thing is, right when Nick, because um, I put my answers down, I typed them up onto Notepad, right? Said, <laughs> no, right, no, because I remember them then. And when Nick said the second question, right, he was going for the answers. No, no, Bob, he was going for the answers. And I just thought I, I had a different answer down. I thought, hang on, news. It was a news thing. <gasps> War on horror. And I put it down. It just came to me like that. So, so. so on this question, George, you haven't put anything. No, I didn't know. No. It's points for Batman. And Mr. Spencer is, in fact, Will. Very good. Question number four was the uh, question on revelations, which was the uh, Montpellier University discovered the abyss fish in the Kermadact Trench. What expedition number was that? Mr. Spencer. Six. George Trevor. Six. Zombie Fred. Number six. Batman. Four. Correct. Points for Batman. <laughs> Bastard. <laughs> Any point during that did you think, is it six or were you absolutely sure it was the four? I did. I was, all three sixes. I thought, oh shit, maybe. But... <laughs> uh, no, you are. Oh, along. <laughs> well, and... yeah, you saw three sixes and you will think, oh shit, no <laughs> beast. <laughs> 
And finally, question number five was the timeline question. What happened tomorrow, 2nd of April in 1998? It was an April Fool's Day. <laughs> Zombie Fred. I'm going to say nothing. Nothing happened. Why would I ask the question? <laughs> I'll tell, tell you what happened. Uh, an uneventful day. It was April, so I imagine it was raining in Raccoon City. And Umbrella was up to the shenanigans and shit happened. <laughs> Mr. Spencer, do you know? I think... Um... Something relating to Plant 42 happened. I'm not sure which, but I think they were, they were watching something happen and it absorbed. It absorbed something. Okay. Plant 42 answer. George Trevor. No, I don't know. Have a guess. Um. <clears throat> oh, I don't know. I can't think. I've got no idea. It was a month before the outbreak. Mm. No, I'm trying to think in the files of um, Keeper's file or someone. Um, Okay, did did the keeper decide not to feed the dogs? Okay. Batman, what did you put? I put it was uh, a newspaper report on contaminated local water supply in Raccoon City. Well, he's got the point, because that's too too specific, isn't it? It's too detailed. I only know that because I've been working on that part of the timeline recently. Well, for, for skip, skip. That's awesome. That is correct. So Unbelievable. I got, I got lucky with that one. Did get lucky with that one. Very well done. <laughs> that concludes the quiz. So who won, has won this, Mr. Nick? Uh, Zombie Fred, you got one point. George Trevor, you got one point. Mr. Spencer got two. Three points, because I got Kathy, Warren, Horror and Will. Oh, you did? Sorry, yes, correct. Sorry, three points. My mistake. That's all right. Batman, you got four points. Which means, uh, Batman, your final score uh, after this podcast is that you are on 16 points. Mr. Spencer, you entered double figures on 10. George Trevor, lagging behind on 7. And Zombie Fred, you join the uh, guest uh, leaderboard bottom with 1. Excellent. The way I like it. (laughs) The underdog. Well, thank you very much for listening to the quiz. And we'll uh, play again next podcast. That was excellent. We should do that once a week. <laughs> we do try. Very well done, everyone. Thank you for playing along, Zombie Fred, with that. That was great. It's my pleasure. <laughs> right, so we can now look forward to episode four, and I have to say I'm very excited about episode four. Why, what are we doing? Dead aim? Dead aim, my friend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I make one request for the next podcast, because I'm the host? Can you please put that Rise Shot song just for the kicks? I'm sure we can try and get it in somewhere. But yes, we are doing the Dead Aim podcast. Now, anyone who knows uh, the podcasters personally or on the website generally will know that we do hold Dead Aim in quite high esteem. All, all two of our listeners out there. <laughs> <laughs> but ha- the chap that wrote the Dead Aim editorial on the P podcast, is it El Bastardo? Tim, yeah, El Bastardo, yeah. yeah well, we've got, a, we've got a special guest lining up. I don't want to say. What, uh, what kind of monster would be against Dead Aim? Exactly. What kind of person, person who hates hates gun like gun games? A person, a person that hates life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it only kind of becomes a light gun game, you know, sort of very quickly in the combat. Um, when you press R one or L one or whatever it is, when you zoom in first person. You... Yeah, well, it automatically goes into first. Do person. Any of you guys play actually with the gun or the controller? Oh, no, I've not got the gun. I, I think we should uh, reserve a lot of this chat for the actual podcast, but that's. <laughs> I said we're trying to um, get that done by the end of the month. Batman, have you got any 
updates. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Hopefully by the end of April. Oh, it's April the first now, isn't it? So second. I've done by the second. So that's going to be something to look forward to. Um, also by then, of course, the downloadable content for Operation Raccoon City will be out. So we might have a quick chat in the news section about that. Disclocked content. And on that note, I think we should end the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. So I'd like to say a special thank you for uh, Zombie Fred for being our special guest at such short notice uh, this evening. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to go to bed because I've got work in the morning. Yes, and it's goodbye from me, Neptune. Bye from me, Batman. And it's goodbye from me, George Trevor. Uh, it's goodbye from me as well, and it, Mr. Spencer. Stay classy. <laughs>